we're standing up, I'd love to pray for us before we get into the message. So why don't you just open your hearts as we pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it changes lives. And tonight we are ready to receive what you have to say for us. We believe you're going to speak to us and encourage us and lift us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, well, why don't you grab your seat? Do you like who you're sitting next to tonight? Yeah? That's good. That's good. I'm glad. Hey, I'm super excited to be able to share with you guys tonight. And like the girl said, it's uh, my first time sharing since my wife and I moved back from Taipei. And uh, we are back in Toowoomba for good. So we're ex- super excited about that. A lot of people have just like seen us over a few weeks and they're like, oh, you're still here. Um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we live here now. And they're like, oh, good. That's cool. Um, so, and they, they seem somewhat happy after finding out that we lived here. So that was good. Um, but I'm really excited about the word tonight. It's something that I think God's really put on my heart. And I really believe that it's going to encourage and lift you as well. Um, but I want to start off with a question to everyone. Is there anyone here who likes cleaning their room? Have we got any room cleaners? A few? Let's get off of these people. Come on. Good on, good on yous. That's good stuff. All the rooms that are clean. Who loves cleaning all the rooms? Any all the room cleaning? All right. All right. Where are our clean house people? All right. Where are our single boys messy house? All right. (laughs) Tavita's owning up to that. Um, when When I was a kid, I used to hate cleaning my room and I really hated it when I was told to clean my room. I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but getting told, clean your room. I especially didn't like it when I was told to clean my room because people were coming over. I I never kind of understood that because I thought the people aren't coming to my room. Like, why do I need to clean? I found a meme that kind of sums this up following on uh, Pastor James's meme thing. Uh, it's mom, clean your room. We're having guests over for barbecue. Me looking for the grill in my room. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Like, why do I have to clean the room? Um, but you know what was funny is after I got married, um, we actually turned into our parents in that now the house must be clean if people are coming over. We had a big change and uh, it, even it was exemplified yesterday. Uh, Mum and dad came over and they called up and they said, hey, what are you doing? You know, can we come over? And we love it when people drop in on us. So we're like, yeah, sure, come over. And then we remembered like in Toowoomba, everyone's only like 10 or 15 minutes away. And we're like, quick, battle stations, you know. And we're running through the house and River had, our daughter had like pasta all over the floor and we're, we're cleaning it up. We're cleaning in places. Is they're never going to go. And it just made me think, you know, what, like what changed? Like how did I go from hating cleaning my room to now the room must be done? Yeah. And I, I think it comes from understanding, it was from having a spirit of ownership. And it's understanding that my house is a representation of me. It's a representation of who I am. And also that if I don't clean it, it's not going to get cleaned. I think when you're a kid, it's just like, oh, it'll get cleaned if it gets dirty enough. You know, I love my mom. And it, often if you'd let it get dirty enough, she would come in and she would help. Uh, when you move out, you kind of realize that, hey, the, the, the buck stops with me. I've got to keep my, my room clean. 
And, and I think that God is actually calling us to have a spirit of ownership when it comes to the season that we're in in our life. He's got a plan and a purpose and a reason for your season. And I believe that God's actually calling us to take ownership of that and be like, I'm going to be the one that makes this happen. And so I think the message tonight, not I think the message tonight, the message is called tonight, Radical Ownership. Why don't you turn the person beside you and say, Radical Ownership. Only about four people did that. I'm just going to assume it's because you're two seats away and you, you felt awkward. Um, and the key scripture tonight is, is speaking about the Israelites in Deuteronomy 11. Um, and they're about to move into a new season, step into a new thing. And it says in Deuteronomy 11.31, you're about to cross the Jordan to enter and take possession of the land your Lord is giving you. And so what they're doing, they're stepping into something new something that God has given them. And, you know, God has given us all these amazing things. He's given us gifts. He's given us calling. He's given us purpose. And in this scripture, they're just about to step into that land that God has called them to. But what I think is interesting in this scripture, that it doesn't just say enter in and live in the land that I've called you to live in. It says enter in and take possession of this land. I would put it this way, take ownership of the land that you are stepping into. And I think for us, I think it's so important that we don't just live life as a passenger, just enjoying the season as it goes by that, but we actually get intentional and take ownership of the season that we're in. There's a big difference between living somewhere and actually owning somewhere. I got some friends, uh, they were telling me the other week, they just moved into their first house, which is awesome. So excited for them. And I, I was seeing, talking to him and he was saying that, he's like, man, yesterday I, I mowed my lawn for the first time, not because I had an inspection the next day, but because I actually wanted to mow my lawn. And I think that, that's the spirit of ownership. That's, hey, I'm going to take control. I'm going to get this thing done. I actually want to do that. Imagine if we got that attitude when it came to things like going to work. And instead of, you know, I'm just going to work, I'm actually going with purpose. I'm actually, I'm actually going to own this workplace that I'm in and go there with a reason. Go there as a beacon of hope and of love and of peace to my coworkers. Imagine if we had radical ownership. Imagine if we had radical ownership at church. And instead of just serving on a roster, we're actually serving because we want to and because we're a part of people's lives being changed by Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had radical ownership over the season that we're in? And I really believe that if we want to live a great big life, if you want to live a great big life, that life to the max that the Bible says God has for us, you've got to learn to take extreme and radical ownership of the season that you're in. And I, I think, you know, let's not just, let's not just be passengers in life, but let's take ownership of whatever season that we're in, or whatever moment we find ourselves in. Let's determine to take radical ownership of it, not just to live in it, not just to be, you know, a spiritual squatter in life, a spiritual squatter in our season, but to take radical ownership of the places that we're in. So how do we live with ownership in every moment? Well, I think Jesus is a great example of that. And there's a story in the Bible I'm just about to read in Matthew 
And it's just a really tough season for Jesus. He just lost one of his closest friends. The Bible says he's actually going off to the wilderness to get some time by himself to deal with it. I can only imagine the pain that Jesus was feeling. And it says in Matthew 14, 13 to 14, it says, When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes or when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. I think this is an amazing picture of taking ownership of the moment, of owning the moment. Jesus could have been so caught up with what he was doing, with what he wanted to do, with going off to weep and to mourn his friend. But actually he decided, hey, here's an opportunity. I'm going to own the moment. So tonight I want to talk about how do we own the moments in our life. And I've got three thoughts from this scripture tonight. So if you're taking notes, get ready. I know you're all taking notes because you're very, very, um, there's a word like that, but I've forgotten it. Um, I'm going to pretend I only know the Chinese word, but I can't remember the Chinese word either. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool thing when you know two languages, you're just like, oh, I forgot the English word. What that really means is I have no clue what I'm trying to say. Um, stewardess, I think was the word I was going for. What did Jesus do? Well, the first thing he did was he saw the need. If we're going to own the moment, we have to see the need. You know, Jesus could have been so caught up with what he was doing. And and to be honest, he kind of had every excuse to. Like, you know, if someone loses a close friend, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? You can have some space to go and deal with that and go and mourn properly. Like, what what a tough season. But Jesus was not so caught up with where he was going that he missed what was happening right now. And I think sometimes we can find ourselves in the trap of being so future focused that we actually miss what God is doing right now in the present. We can be so busy praying that God would show us what he's called us to do, that God would fill us with a vision that we miss that actually God has called us to this moment and to this season and to where we are right now. And that actually we're called to take ownership of this moment. And I really do believe that as we do that, we're going to discover what the next moment is. He didn't get so caught up. He was focused on the now. He didn't miss what was happening in the now. So I would encourage you with that tonight. What season are you in? And understand that you're in this season for a reason, that actually God has got something good to bring out of the season that you're in. You know, the the people around you, God has placed around you for a purpose and for a reason. Let's not, let's not get caught up praying that God would put somebody in our co-workers' lives. Now, I don't know. I've prayed that prayer before. God, I just pray you'd put someone there. Put one of your angels there, Lord. Lord, they need help. We pray that you'd put someone good in their life. I think God's response is, I've put you in their life. Take ownership of your moment. Love them. Care for them. <laughs> T's got me with the hallelujah in the front row. Turn the person beside you and say, hallelujah. You're in your season for a reason. What's that look like? Hey, single people, don't be so focused on the future of when you get in a relationship that you miss the goodness of being single. I'm married. I've been happily married for uh, over six years, coming up on seven years now. Marriage is the bomb. It's amazing. But guys, singleness is good too. And once you get married, you don't get singleness again. Like, there's some good stuff with singleness. You can go where you want, when you want. You can do what you want. You can play Xbox till five in the morning. It might not help your life, but you can do it. (laughs) But encourage you, take ownership of that. Realize that, hey, hey, I'm not going to miss a moment. I'm going to enjoy the season I'm in. And and I'm going to reach the people that are around me in this season. I'm going to take radical 
ownership. Maybe you're working in a job and you feel like, you know what, I know this is just a temporary thing. I know this isn't my end game. I'm just doing this for a foot in the door to to get some cash until I work out where I'm going. I'd encourage you, take radical ownership of that situation. And even though maybe I'm headed somewhere else, I'm going to love where I am. I'm going to care for the people where I am. I'm going to see the need right where I am. Just like Jesus did, he saw the need. The second thing he did was he felt the burden. Actually, the original language for that, it talks about when he saw the people, his stomach was moved with compassion. So, and not just because he was hungry, okay? It wasn't just like he saw them and he's like, yeah, guys, actually, it's like lunchtime now. We should eat. He was actually, what, what, the, what the thinking is, is back in those days, the, the stomach or the bowels actually were seen as where compassion and mercy came from. So in our, in our language, it would be like his heart broke for these people when he saw them in their moment of need. And, and you know, I think Jesus could have, I think what that looks like, taking ownership of it, was he realized that actually I'm feeling the burden that this is my job to make a difference. I'm going to take ownership of this moment myself. It would have been so easy for Jesus to say, you know, maybe someone else can do that. Or he could have said to the disciples, hey, can you deal with this? He could have said, you know what, this is not my problem. I've got other things. But he felt the burden in his heart and he realized, hey, this is where I'm meant to be. This is a change that I'm meant, this is where I'm meant to make a change. So I want to encourage, we've got to feel the, we've got to see the need. We've got to feel the need and realize that, hey, this is on me. I've got this. God's put me here for a reason. I'm going to feel the burden. Um, I would encourage us, would we pray, God, would you break your heart, break my heart for what breaks yours. Help me to see the need. Help me to see the people that are hurting and give me a heart for them. The final thing that he did was he actually made the change. It said in the end of that scripture that he healed their sick. He actually saw them, he felt the burden, and he actually made a difference. He took action when he saw them in their moment of need. And I think that taking action, that's the ultimate sign of an owner. Um, I don't know if you've ever lived in a rental house. Who's ever rented a house here before? Probably a lot of people. Um, maybe if you're still living with your parents, you could relate to this in that you, usually you can't just put like nails in the wall where you want to. Um, you can't just punch holes in the wall without people getting upset about that. Um, it's, it's part of, you know, being in a rental. You have to get permission from the person who owns it um, to do that. But when you own your own house, it's amazing. You can just say, hey, you know what? I don't like that tree. We're going to get rid of that tree. Hey, I'm going to put a picture up there. Hey, this wall, let's get rid of it. We don't need that. And I think the ultimate things with, with, that comes with taking ownership, the o- ultimate sign of an owner is that they actually have authority to make a change. And we see that Jesus had the authority to just go and be like, I love that it's just one line. It's like, and he healed the sick. Like, that's a lot of people healed, right? Like, it's not like, it's like, yeah, we don't have time for all that. He healed everyone. It was awesome. Cool. Let's move on. He just took ownership and he had the authority to make a change, to take action. And it says in Matthew 8, uh, 28, 18 to 20, it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is saying, hey, look, I am the ultimate owner. I have all the authority. If I want to change it, I'm going to change it. If I want to take action, I'm going to take action. And then it goes on and it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Jesus saying, hey, you know what? I've got all authority, but now I'm giving authority to you to go out, to reach people, to make disciples, to baptize people, to pray with people, to care for people, to pull down walls, to be a part of people getting faith. And I think, I think that's such an encouraging thought. Therefore, go. Hey, we have got the authority to be owners. So therefore, let us go and take action. Let us go and do something in our workplace. Let us go and step into authority in the schoolyard or in our workplace and to love the people that are around us. You know, as I was thinking um, of this thought, uh, I was thinking today of the thought of, you know, being a passenger in life and uh, a passenger in the season we're in where we're just kind of living it and letting life go by. You know, maybe you're in a tough season and it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to step back until this is over. And as I was thinking of, of the thought of being a passenger, I thought of that song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Has anyone knows that song? As it goes on, Jesus Take the Wheel. I won't sing it. I did. Um, and, you know, and it's a great song. But, but I was thinking about how actually I think that God, what, what faith is, it's giving the outcome to God, saying, God, the outcome's in your hand, but actually I'm going to take action. I'm going to take responsibility. That's really what faith is, that the outcome is with you, God, but the action, that's on me. I've actually got to step up and do something about this. It says in James 2.17, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. That's what faith is. It's not just stepping back and letting the season pass by. It's actually about taking ownership, stepping in, and hey, even though I don't feel like it, even though I'm hurting, even though it's hard, I'm going to take ownership of this season. I love there's another scripture in the Bible which talks about how when we go through a hard time, it's funny how God brings people alongside us who are going the same, th- going through the same thing so that we can love them and comfort them and encourage them through it. So I want to encourage us tonight. Come on, let's be radical owners of the season we're in. And so I wonder what kind of season you're in tonight. You know, I know a lot of people, it's kind of coming up to the end of the year. Maybe your university uh, is wrapping up. Uh, have we got any university students here tonight? Three. Yeah, they're very quiet because they've been very studious. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe for you guys, you're starting to think about, hey, what's the next step? I just want to encourage you, own the season that you're in. Single people, own the season that you're in. Realize that, hey, there are people in my life that God has placed here for a purpose. You know, in your workplace, even if you don't love what you're doing, I'd encourage you, take ownership. Love the people that are in your life. Care for the people that have been put around you. Feel the burden, see the need, and make the change. I've got some questions just to apply this as we finish. First question is, are you living as a spiritual squatter or making decisions each day to own the season that you're in? Are you living, just letting life pass you by? Or each day are you saying, hey, you know what? I am going to own this season. When you're at school or at work, are you owning the season that you're in? I want to encourage you at church. Why don't we take ownership at church? I think that God, I love Pastor Chris's message the other week, the problem with going to church. Uh, If you heard it, it was a great message. Basically, the problem being that we're not called to go to church. We're called to be the church. And, And I think that's such an incredible thought that God's actually called us not just to come, not just to come and live in church, but to come and own and take possession of church. I would encourage you. I think that serving is such a great way to own the calling. And why don't we give it up for all our volunteers tonight? They're amazing. They do such a good job. And I think that that's a big part of, of, of taking ownership. You know, maybe even you're like, you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to be in Toowoomba for. 
I would encourage you, take ownership now. You know, head over to the, the Connect Hub after the service and talk to someone about serving. Talk to someone about joining a team. Make a decision. You know what? I'm going to take radical ownership of the season I'm in. Next question is, what is a need that you have seen recently? In your current season, are you seeing the needs that are around you? Or are you just letting it life pass you by? Are you saying, you know, that's someone else's problem. That's someone else's problem for another time. Or, you know, they're in a really tough spot, but that's not for me to help them out. Or are you taking ownership of the needs that you're seeing? Do you feel a burden to make a difference? Do you feel like it's on me or it's on someone else? And I'd encourage you, if you feel like you're not feeling that burden, pray that prayer of God, would you break my heart for what breaks yours? Final thought, really practically, how can you be a part of making a change? What action can you take to take radical ownership in the season that you're in? And I think that if, I can just imagine, imagine if we all decided, you know what, this week I'm going to go out and I'm going to take radical ownership in my workplace, in the schoolyard, with my friends, with my family. I'm not just going to live in my calling. I'm going to own my calling. I'm not just going to have some gifts. I'm going to use my gifts to build God's kingdom. Man, I think that we could make a huge change in our city, in our nation, in the world. It starts when we decide I'm going to take ownership right where I am in the season that I'm in right now. Is that good? Hey, would you stand with me tonight? I'd love to pray for us. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel you know, some kind of urge to go out and take ownership. And I hope that we all feel that, that burden that I want to go and be a part of making a change. I don't just want to be a passenger in life. I want to be a part of helping people and loving people and owning the season that I'm in. If that's you, I'd love to, to pray for you. Why don't we just close our eyes? And if you're comfortable, would you raise your hands? Jesus, we just thank you that you have given us authority to take ownership over the season that we're in, God. We pray that you would open our eyes to the needs that are in our world, to the hurting people, to the hopeless people. God, that you would help us to not be so caught up with our own agendas that we miss that. But we pray that we would see it. We pray that we would feel the burden, God. We would see people how you see people, God, with compassion and mercy. And God, we pray that you give us the strength and the boldness to make the change. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, and as we keep our eyes closed tonight. There's one more group of people I'd love to pray for. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus has an incredible plan and a purpose for your life as well. He's got a life for you that's not just days flying by, but it's filled with purpose and meaning. You were not born by accident. You were born for a reason. And that reason is part of the big plan that God has for your life. And if tonight you'd like to maybe open your heart to Jesus, could be for the first time, or maybe you just want to come back to Him, I would love to pray for you. And I would encourage you just to do that. Just in your heart of hearts, just open it up and say, you know what, Jesus, would you come into my life? I want to follow you. And if that's you, I'd love, to, I'd love to pray for you, actually. And so if that's you, just open your heart. And Jesus, we just pray for each and every person who's opening their hearts here tonight. We thank you that you love them, that you care for them so deeply, that when you see, them, when you see their lives and their season and their situation, God, that your heart is moved for them. And I just pray that they would encounter your incredible goodness, your incredible grace. God, we thank you that you forgive their sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Hey, and if that was you here tonight, you made that decision, we would love to meet you after the service. Uh, please head over to the Connect desk. We would love uh, to talk to you. But the girls are going to let you know more about that wherever they are, hiding in the shadows. Awesome. Let's thank Pastor Levi as he goes tonight.